Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house to worship and to praise you. Thank you for the good services we had today. Lord, we ask for you to be with us again once tonight, Lord. And uh, Lord, pray that you would speak to our hearts. Give us exactly what we need to hear. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's grab a hymnal. Turn to page number 212. Go tell it on the mountain. Page number 212. back a couple pages 199 hark the herald angels sing one ninety nine
services. page, page number nine, I love you, Lord, page number nine, I love you, Lord. Let's sing that through a couple times, then uh, Lovejoy, young men are going to do a special force, and then we'll get into the message. Page number nine.
seeing how it's the Christmas season, we're going to be doing Joy to the World. to the world. We ought to have joy in our hearts this evening as we enter into the uh, Christmas season, as we rejoice in what the Lord ha has done for us and uh, the fact that uh, he came to earth, he was born to die. His whole purpose was come to redeem man from, mankind from their sin and I'm thankful that he done that. I do uh, hope and pray that you've already been blessed for being here this evening. I know that uh, I, I'm encouraged in the Lord uh, just already this, this evening, and uh, I hope and pray that you are as well. I'm going to ask you to join me in Acts chapter 17, verse 11 tonight. I've got one scripture here I want to read, and then we're going to turn back a few pages to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to be in Acts 17 first. I want to try to lay a foundation here. The Bible says in Acts 17, 11, it says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the word of God, how you've said that your word will not return unto you void. And Lord, I pray that tonight, Lord, as we uh, open up your word, Lord, I pray that it will go on uh, hearers and doers of your word. Lord, I do ask for your uh, favor tonight, and Lord, we ask that you would just bless in a way that only you can get the praise and the glory. Lord, do thank you again for all that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read that verse once again. It says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness in mind, of mind, and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now, if you will, turn back with me to Matthew chapter number 13. This is a parable, a parable known as the parable of the sower. Parable of the sower in verses uh, 1 through 9. This is what is, uh, what is known as the, the parable of the sower here. And uh, what I'd like to do this evening is try to apply this truth as it pertains to us uh, in, in today, in the church of today. 
And uh, Matthew chapter number 13, 1 through 9, let's read. The Bible says, The same day went Jesus out of the house, out of the house and sat by the seaside, and a great multitude were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship, and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not uh, much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, but because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had not root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and, and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. As we read this scripture here, we see the parable of the sower. And, and uh, I want you to notice there in verse 1, it says, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. The setting of this parable is along the Sea of Galilee. And uh, no doubt it was near the city of uh, Capernaum. And, and as the Lord Jesus steps out of the house, he begins to teach them in parables. We see that in verses 2 through 9. And, but in verse 9, notice the expression that says, let him hear. Many times when, when the word of God is spoken, when it's preached, whenever it's taught, we place emphasis on the speaker. But the Lord here is, is placing emphasis on the hearer, the person that hears the word of God, and specifically on the soil uh, as it pertains to the hearts, as it pertains to how we receive the word of God. The Lord Jesus gave parables to arouse the attention of the people that were listening and hearing to what God had to say and to pique their curiosity. Nearly one-third of what Jesus taught was given to us in parables. And uh, then we see in verses 18 through 23, we see the interpretation of this, of this parable. And Jesus Christ not only gave the parable, but he also interpreted the parable for us. You see, I'm a Christian because I heard the word of God and received it. And if you are saved, if you have been born again, if you have asked Jesus Christ to forgive you your sins and by faith received Jesus Christ as your Savior, it is because you heard and received the word of God. It's because he worked on your heart. It's because the Holy Spirit done his working on your heart. Those who have been born into the family of God were born by the word of God. The Bible says, though, then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's through faith that we are saved. You see, we're saved by hearing, believing, and receiving God's word. For any progress or, or, or development to come up upon my life, and my Christian life, that might be Christ-likeness, I must thank God for his working in my heart so that I could receive uh, with readiness of heart and with as those in Thessalonica where we laid the foundation there, they were more noble uh, in Thessalonica than that they received with readiness of heart, readiness of mind. They received the word of God. Their hearts, their soil was good soil. And uh, as far as my testimony is concerned, I, I may say to you that I, I ask God to forgive me 
for my sins and by faith receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior after hearing and receiving the Word of God. However, I prove that I'm a Christian by my fruit. When others see my fruit, the fruit that uh, is in my life, my works, if you will, when they see that, they know that I'm a Christian, that by my testimony, by the way I uh, act and what, the things that I do, that produces fruit in my life. You see, I don't produce fruit in order to be saved. I produce fruit because I am saved. And that should be in all of our lives. We should be producing fruit. The Bible says, for every tree is known of his own fruit. You know, how do you know an apple tree is an apple tree? Because it has a peach on it, right? No, it's because it has an apple on it. That's how we know it's an apple tree. See, some people say that they have received Christ as their Savior... They have a clear testimony. If you ask them, they have a clear testimony of salvation. They can tell you about when they got saved. And they, their testimony is clear. But there's no real evidence in their daily lives that they are a Christian because there is no fruit produced by the Word of God. Uh, there's, they're lacking. They're fruitless Christians. As we look at this parable, we must remember that we are primarily looking at one great truth. God is trying to give us one great truth and we could consider some other things, but we're going to look at one great truth from this parable. And I think as we look at this parable, we must examine our hearts. That's what I want to focus on is our hearts tonight. You know, I believe that our hearts are desperately wicked and who can know it. But I believe that uh, what, when we hear the word of God being preached, taught, uh, when we hear the word of God, it goes upon our hearts. And is it, how does it fall into our hearts? Is our hearts stony? Is it... Is it uh, fertile ground? How is our hearts today? And I believe we can apply this uh, to our lives today. Uh, some will interpret this parable as only 25% of who we talk to will get saved. Well, I don't believe we can put a percentage on that. Uh, you know, some days when I'm out talking and witnessing to folks, I see, uh, I, I see some people get saved. There's sometimes I don't see anybody get saved. That's not the, the focus isn't on the percentage of who gets saved. The focus here is on the soil. And I'm going to look at just uh, three or four thoughts this evening. We'll have the message from this parable. Number one, I want you to notice the seed. What is the seed referring to here in, uh, in this parable? The seed is referring to the word of God. In 1 Peter 1.18 it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers, but with the pre precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. When Jesus Christ spoke that day by the seaside there in Galilee, the words that came from his mouth were not corrupt seed. They weren't corrupt words. They were incorruptible words. And it's, uh, it was seed which liveth and abideth forever. You know, when we hold the word of God in our hands, when we proclaim the truths of the word of God, 
we are giving that same incorruptible seed. We're giving that same incorruptible seed to those that are hearing the word of God. You see, it is living seed. It is, it is a life-changing seed, and it, 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 is, it is a fruit-bearing seed. You see, there's nothing wrong with the, the seed or the sower. The problem is with the soil, the hearts of men. See, it, it's the very word of God. That seed is the very word of God. We need to realize the power of this seed. May we be a people that preach and teach and, and give out the word of God without, without uh, with being bold and, and telling folks about the Lord. No wonder the Lord says there in the scriptures, his word will not return unto him void. The word of God lives and abides forever. It is the seed. Now then I want you to notice the second thing. I want you to notice the sower. Now, who is a sower here? Of course, speaking in this parable, sower is the Lord. He's sowing the, uh, the seed. And, and not only is it the Lord that sows the seed, but it is we that proclaim him as Lord, sowing the seed into people's hearts. As we uh, go forth preaching and teaching and sharing God's word, it, that is, we are sowers. In this parable, Jesus is sowing the seed. He's giving the word of God out to folks. And, and when we go in partnership with the Lord, we are doing the same thing, sowing the seed. We are the sowers of the seed. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 126, verse 5, it says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again and receive with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. God tells us there, hey, we need to go and sow in tears, and, and we are sowers. You know, folks, when we share the gospel with people, we are partnering with the Lord, and we are sowing the word of God. I want you to notice the last thing, but this is where we're really going to focus tonight, is the soil. So we've seen the seed, and we've seen the sower. But the, the most important thing here, I believe, that what God is calling our attention to is the soil. This is the hearts of people. This is the, how when we hear the word of God, how we receive the word of God. There's many times when you hear the preaching of God's word, how does it fall upon your heart? Well, sometimes it really depends on how uh, our day goes, how calloused we are by our circumstances and our surroundings. Too often we want to be soil samplers before we sow the seed. But that's not our job. Our job is not to test the soil. Our job is just to uh, sow the, the seed and tell people about God. We're commanded to sow the seed. We simply sow the seed and leave the rest to the Lord. We can't do it. Listen, we can't do anything about that seed. We can't do anything about it. We're just to sow it. We can't make that seed uh, produce in someone's life. We can't make someone be saved. We can't make someone be fruitful, but we can sow the seed. You see, don't mistake this parable as an attempt to prove that only 25% of the people that we witness to will ever be saved or well, it'll fall on good, good ground. If we had followed the Lord Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry, we would have found these kind of people around the Lord. And I believe in our church today there are these type of people. There are four different types of people and uh, are four different types of soil in, in the church today. And uh, there are people who had absolutely no interest in what the Lord had, was saying. 
Can I tell you, in our church today, there are, there are some people that have absolutely no interest in what the pastor's saying, what God's trying to say to their heart, how the Holy Spirit is dealing with them. They have no interest at all. You see, if we look quickly, by their casual interest, it was soon gone. There are people who had absolutely no interest at all. And what he was saying, while others had just a had just a casual interest. They, they were just uh, wanting to, out of curiosity's sake, or they were just wanting to see uh, what he was going to do next, but there was, they were quickly uh, distracted by other things. Can I say in our church today, uh, maybe you come in and you start off right, but then you start thinking about what's, what's on, the, uh, on the stove or in the crock pot. You start thinking about the things that you have to do, and you, your interest starts to fade away. We would have found people who seem to be sincere followers who profess to believe and receive, but when things got tough and Christ's words became to, began to condemn and be uh, convicting, uh, when his words were strong, they turned back and followed him no more, we read about. i tell you, in today's church, there are folks that whenever they hear the hardness of the preaching, whenever they hear that, hey, we're all sinners, we all deserve the penalty of sin, but when we hear those type of things, when things go and they start convicting our hearts, there's some will turn away and they'll go to another church that want to tickle their ears and make them feel good about themselves. That's people in the church today. And then, of course, there are some that had good soil for their hearts and they received it with readiness of mind and they, they received the word of God and they, uh, they took it and applied it to their hearts and they, there was fruit that came forth from it. That does not mean that they were good because there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that doeth good. There's no one in this room that's good. However, they had hearts that received the seed and they came to know the Lord as their Savior and became fruit-bearing Christians. Let me ask you this evening, what kind of soil do you have for a heart? What kind of soil when the preacher's preaching? I believe that everybody in here proclaims to be saved tonight, and I, I'm, I hope and pray that that's the case. So let me ask you, what kind of soil do you have as the preaching goes on? And as maybe it gets a little bit hard, or maybe it gets uh, a little convicting, or how do we apply that to our hearts? That's what my focus is tonight, and application is, uh, let's take a step forward. Let's see what kind of soil we have. You see, our hearts can get hardened, and our lives can become fruitless, even after trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. I believe that can be applied to many of us in this room, all of us, really. See, you may attend church faithfully, but have allowed things in your eye gate or in your ear gate to to get in there that never should have. And you know what that does? That causes, that causes a hardness upon your heart. Over time, over time, what happens is we become hardened and hardened and hardened. Before you know it, we're just playing church. Oh, we're coming to church, but there's really no... Uh, it doesn't matter what the preacher has to say. It doesn't matter if uh, the Apostle Paul was up here proclaiming the truth of God. It doesn't matter if the Lord Jesus was up here. You wouldn't hear what he had to say. 
Why? Because there's hardness. We've, we've become so adapted to the hardness of uh, this and the wickedness of this world. This has badly affected the soil of our hearts. Perhaps there was a time when you gladly received God's word and, and you were hungry and thirsty uh, to hear from the Lord, but now it's, bless me if you can, Lord. You were once like fertile soil waiting for the word of God to be preached and to sink into your heart, but now you become calloused. Ask the Lord to help you get back to the place where you can receive his word as you should receive it. We're going to look at these four types of, of people. Number one, the Bible says they that uh, was sown on the, by the wayside. By the wayside. Now, I believe this is the unsaved. These are people that did not receive the word of God. I'm going to try to apply it to our hearts today. There are people, uh, there are people in, this, uh, in this church or in the church age today that come to church, but they're, they're, they're hearing the word of God being preached, but they're not saved. You see, where the Lord Jesus gave this parable, the people were very familiar with the terms that he used, such about stony ground and, and by the wayside. And on the paths where people walked, there was hard soil. When they walked along the, those paths, they hardened the, the earth up. And some seed fell on the hardened paths, and it would lay there until uh, the birds of the air, the fowls of the air would come by, and they would, uh, they would snatch away that uh, that seed and you know that i was reading a lot of the commentators they were saying about this that uh those fowls of the air is is, uh is like satan Uh, they were uh, identified as like satan and how satan comes right and snatches up the seed that has been sown into uh, people's hearts and because it fell by the wayside the earth said uh, the lord said some of you have hearts like that you have you have hearts uh, like a path hardened and trodden down. You have allowed your heart to get hard and calloused. You hear it, but you don't heed it. Oh, let me ask you, is that your heart today? You hear the word of God being preached, but you don't heed what it says. When he interprets the parable, he says there in verse 18, notice it says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom... And understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which it was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. The wayside is that hardened path. It's, this is a person who does not understand what God has, is trying to, uh, to speak to them about. They, uh, why don't they understand? It's because the soil, the heart, is hardened. And then it goes on to say into stony ground. I believe this is people that have been saved, but they're undiscipled. They're, uh, they're people, that, the second type is a soil, is a shallow soil. And the word of God says, look there in verse 20, it says, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that, re- that heareth the word, and anon, that means straightway, uh, with joy received it, yet hath not uh, root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. That stony place is not a, uh, is not a place of rock, but a place where very little earth is, is, uh, it, it covers the rock. And here is a fellow who looks as if he had received it with joy and straightway, it says. He, 
He may have made a profession of faith, but his heart is like that stony place. And as soon as the, the preaching gets tough, as soon as uh, something is, somebody in the church says something to them or uh, they, they uh, have shallow Christianity, they're, they're offended. They get offended by because some, what someone has said or because what the preacher said or because, hey, they changed the color of the carpet or because they did this or they sang a song that I don't like to sing or it's a very shallow Christianity. Folks, you know, I, I believe that we ought to be Christians that aren't offended by every, just because someone walks by us and doesn't say hi. I mean, come on, that's shallow. Just because someone doesn't shake your hand or just, it may be that they just didn't, they overlooked it. It might have not been just because they were being mean or ugly. It was just, might have been just a, I mean, you know how shallow that sounds? But can I tell you, in churches today, that's what we're, we're seeing. They stopped going to church because they were offended because someone said something or someone did something. So have you ever been in a place in your life when you heard the preacher talk about the way the way the Christian should walk, the way the Christian should live his life, and the way the Christian should go, and then say, that's not for me. I'm not going to go that far. Preacher, you're a, little, you're a little radical for me. You see, have you ever been to a place like that? Did you know that if you have the right kind of soil in your heart, then, then, then you will not say anything that will limit how far you will go for the Lord? Say, Lord, hey, wherever you lead me, I will follow. God, I will do whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to obey it. That's the kind of heart that we need to have, not this shallow Christianity. Oh, Lord, I know you want me to do this. I know you want me to give the tithe, but I'm not going to do that. That's for somebody else. That's a little radical. See, if our hearts are right with God, we should say, whatever God shows me, I'm going to do it. I've already decided there are no limits to where, when, or how. He leads me. Then I want you to notice the third type of person is that was sown among the thorns. I believe this are saved people, but they're backslidden. Now, I know that you may hear other people preach different ways, but this is the way I, I, I looked at it and I studied it out. The third heart is a heart that is crowded out. It's crowded out. Anything that crowds Christ out of your life is a thorn in your life. Now, let me say this. It could be good things. If it crowds the Lord out, if it takes first place in your heart, it's a thorn in your life. You say, that's, I, I believe that you know, having a family, I think that should be number one. No. God takes priority in our lives. I believe if we put Him first, our family will fall in order. I truly believe that with all my heart. The Bible says, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the cares of this world, listen, and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word, and he becometh unfruitful. This is someone that saved it, but they're unfruitful. They're, they're backslidden. They're away from God because of the cares of this world, the, through riches or through uh, uh, good things or whatever, whatever it could be that chokes it out, that... That, uh, um, uh, that is a thorn in our life. Many people do not live for Christ as they should because maybe it's money, maybe it's work, maybe it's, I don't know what, what the case may be, but it's a thorn in your life. 
And then I want you to notice the last one here. The Bible says, talks about sown into good ground. This is the heart of someone that is saved and serving God. This is the heart that we need to have. This is the soil that we need to have for our heart. Read, let's read verse 23. It says, But he that received the seed into good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also bear fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold and some sixty and some thirty. According to verse 23, that good ground is a heart that understands and applies it and takes that word and lives it out. Mark 4.20 says, And these are they which are sown on the good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. In Luke 8.15, we learn something else about the good ground. Listen, it says, But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. The good ground is a heart that understands and it receives and it keeps what God has for us. They're not offended by uh, because someone didn't say hi to them. They're not offended by these things. Great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. That's the kind of heart that we need to, that I desire to have. That's the kind of heart that we need to have, the kind of soil that we need to have. When you come to church and you listen to the preacher preach or the Brother Danny or Brother Travis or Brother Adam, those that teach our, our classes, our Sunday school, do you listen to it? Do you heed what they have to say? Listen, the Bible says these were, the, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received with all readiness of heart. They searched out the scriptures daily whether those things were so. They wanted to make sure. Hey, l- listen, if the word of God's being preached or it's being taught, and it's the word of God, it isn't uh, a variation, it is the word of God, we need to receive that with all readiness of heart. We need to receive that and apply it to our hearts. Whether or not you understand it is an indication of what kind of heart you have. Do you have that spiritual understanding? Do you cultivate your heart or is your heart dull? I know that sometimes it is the speaker's fault, but there are times when the preacher's in tune with the Lord and he pours out his heart and the people do not get anything out of it. Why is that? It's not the seed, the seed's incorruptible, it's not the sower. If he's preaching the word of God, it's not the sower, it's the soil. It's our hearts. Are we receiving what God has for us with readiness of mind? Are we receiving it as he wants us to? We need to examine our hearts to see if we really have that spiritual understanding. Do we receive God's word? Do, we, do you say something? sometimes say, there are things I need to make right with God? Listen to me, when God has his finger upon your heart, Brother Greg walked out of here and he, this morning he was teasing with me, but he said, you didn't have to get it all said in one service. <laughs> he said, my, I need bandages for my toes. But you know what? I think even as we are, many of you were probably, I was convicted myself this morning. But as we're convicted, do we come back and say, Lord, I want, to, I want you to speak to my heart once again. 
Or do we say, oh, I'm not going back because that preacher, he said this. And, man, I, I didn't like what he had to say. Folks, if it's from the Word of God, whether you like it or not, you just better accept it. You just take it for what it is. God, God said in His Word, ye generation of vipers. Now, we need, to, we need to heed God's Word. Not only hear it, but we need to heed it. Some, some people sit back and listen all the time and say, that should be, that's for someone else. What kind of heart do you have? What kind of heart do you have this evening? Are you willing to accept whatever God has to say to us? I'm not saying take my word for it. That's why I led off with there and these were more noble than those because they searched the scripture daily. Folks, if it's in the word of God, we need to heed it. We need to live it. We need to believe it. That's the challenge for tonight. I hope and pray that that's your heart tonight, that you want to receive God's word with a good soil, with a good heart. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. The parable of the sower. How are you receiving God's word? Does it fall on stony ground? Does it fall by the wayside? Oh, just another message that I set through. See, there's no problem with the seed. The problem's not with the sower if he's preaching the word of God. The problem is with the soil. May we ask the Lord to tender, to cultivate that soil of our hearts, that it may fall on good ground. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you how you convict us. And Lord, if our hearts are in tune, Lord, we can use that to better our, our service to you and better our life, our Christian walk, our testimony. Lord, I pray tonight as we examine our hearts, let a man, every man examine his own heart. I can't tell. I don't know the hearts of men and women in this room. I don't know that, but you know each heart. Lord, I pray that we would, we would uh, Lord, be those that when they hear the word of God, it falls on good ground. Lord, do a great work that only you can. We'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. God spoke to your heart tonight. I'm going to encourage you to find a place at the altar. Would you pray with me as I prayed today, as I was preparing this and the final touches of it? Would you pray today, God, help me to have good ground. Cultivate that ground. Would you pray that with me? That I won't be easily offended by people, by the preacher, by what's being preached. But it'll fall on good ground. Pray that with me. Play through one more time as I hope that you're praying that in your mind and your heart. God, do a work in my life. I want to be a fruitful Christian.
thank you. You may look up here. Just want to give you just a couple announcements. Don't forget uh, this coming weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays are back to Bethlehem. We still have a few more signs out there. If you'd like to take a sign uh, and put that in your yard or put somewhere that you would know, um, high traffic area, maybe you have a friend or a family member that... Uh, uh, we want to spread them out as best we can, but know where you left them so you can go by and pick them back up. And uh, so that's this coming weekend. There's still a sign-up sheet on the back table uh, for hot dogs and hamburg or hot dog buns and, and uh, uh, cookies and things like that. I know they're wanting some fresh cookies, so if you can, uh, if you can cook or bake some cookies, that would be a blessing. I know they would enjoy that. And then uh, let's see, also, uh, there, if you have not got your outfit for uh, your costume for this weekend. Uh, make sure you get that tonight. Um, and uh, make sure I, the, all the, where's that at? Back in the teen room, Miss Evelyn? Uh, yes. Yes. yes, that's right. Yes. yes, okay, back in the teen room. So if you have not got your costume yet, try to get that tonight. We want to make sure that everybody is uh, fitted for that. And then want to remind you also that uh, December the 10th, um, Brother Bobby Sanders will be preaching the a.m. and the p.m. service. And then the 24th and the 31st will be no p.m. service, just a.m. service those days. All right, let's go ahead and have a couple men. We'll take this evening's tithes and offerings. Lydia wasn't here with us this morning. that She was back in junior church, but happy birthday to Lydia. And so you make sure you wish her a happy birthday. All right, Brother Eli, sir, would you please ask the blessing? Bethlehem or anything? Um, I don't think so. I think we're going to be doing just a couple finishing touches on Wednesday, but other than that, I think everything's pretty well together. So okay. Lord, and thank you so much for all those that have participated. Um, it's just been a real blessing to see God work for all of you. Amen. A lot of help this year. Appreciate it. It didn't fall solely on Brother Adam and Miss Evelyn. I know they've expressed their uh, thankfulness to uh, the church for that. So thank you so much. Uh, are we going to run through that Wednesday or Wednesday night? Okay. You can be here if you're if you have a part and you can't be here, don't panic. It's most parts are very straightforward, but if you can be here Wednesday night, that's going to be the plan is to do the run through. Um, also, just as an, another aside, we still have a couple hundred more handouts back there, so I would just encourage you to take several of those. They are specific to this year, so if we don't use them before this weekend, we, we're just going to throw them away. So um, I'd rather give them away than throw them away. Right. All right. All right. What time do we need to be here Friday night? Okay, 5.30 if you're involved, uh, 5.30 be here on Friday evening. All right, thank you so much for being here this evening. We'll all stand, we'll close in a word of prayer. Brother Ed, sir, would you close us in a word, sir?
Thank you.